Welcome to Extraordinary People, the podcast that highlights people who inspire others, have made significant contributions to the world, or who have overcome adversity. This show is hosted by Shirley Bogtel, author, educator, wife, mother, and grandparent. Learn more and subscribe today at ShirleyWachtel.com. And now, here's my grandma, Shirley Wachtel. Welcome, everyone, to this very special episode of Extraordinary People. Well, today, we're turning the tables. Instead of my interviewing someone, I'm the one that's being interviewed. Thanks to Rabbi Sam Kohan of Two Jewish Radio Podcast. We're discussing my latest novel, which is A Castle in Brooklyn, a historical novel that was just launched on January 1st. And so I'd like you all to take a listen to the interview. I'm not sure if I qualify as extraordinary, but anyway, here it is, and I hope you enjoy it. Our guest on Two Jewish this morning is Shirley Russick Wachtel, author of a fine new book, A Castle in Brooklyn. Meet her when we come back in a moment here on Two Jewish. We are delighted to welcome to Two Jewish our guest this morning. Shirley Russick Wachtel is the author of a new book, A Castle in Brooklyn. Um, a really elegant and valuable story. Um, good morning and welcome to Two Jewish. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So this is your first novel, and I always like to ask debut novelists, um, what prompted you to to lose your mind and write a novel? That's probably the most generous way I can put it. Well, it's uh, it's not really a prompting, but rather just um, an urge that I've had all my life—a necessity, if you will—that um, I just I just had to write. And so I've written a number of novels, but this is my first one published. Mazel tov, I have to say. Thank you. It's, it's been a long time in coming, and I'm, I'm really thrilled. Um, it's uh, like all, it, it, most of what I write is, has to do with family, um, because, you know, that's, I think that's what's most important to me. And so I like to reflect um, the family that, that I, I have known all my life, but also other families as well in my writing. So uh, I, I deduce from your accent that you might be from New York area. <laughs> Uh, and yet the story is split between, I know it's called a castle in Brooklyn, but it's really split between Minnesota and New York. Tell us about that. Well, I was born in Brooklyn, obviously. Um, I don't detect an accent, but for some reason, other people. I don't know why people say this. It's really unfair. So, you know, I spent many years in Brooklyn. And so I, in many ways, even though I live in New Jersey now, I consider that home. And um, as far as Minnesota, Minnesota, um, that took a bit of research. I've actually never been to Minnesota, but I became aware that um, many uh, Jewish immigrants after the war um, went there and they, um, they worked as farmers. 
They were brought in working as farmers. And uh, as a matter of fact, my uncle, um, who happened to be a farmer after the war, in Lakewood, New Jersey. He was a chicken farmer. Yeah, there was the whole chicken farming Jewish thing in, in that part of New Jersey. That's right. Yes, yes. So I lived I lived there for just maybe three years. I was very young, but I just remember going into the pen and, you know, with all the chickens there. And uh, so it was, a, it was a different experience, but um, I wanted to explore um, something that, most people don't really think about when they think of immigrants coming to this country because many of them are seen as coming to more urban areas. We will talk much more with Shirley Russick Wachtel. Her book is called A Castle in Brooklyn. It's an engaging, enjoyable, and uh, I think powerful novel when we come back in a moment here on Too Jewish. We welcome back to Two Jewish, our guest this morning, Shirley Rusquactel, is the author of her debut novel, A Castle in Brooklyn, which is set in uh, Minnesota and Brooklyn and explores um, character, responses to tragedy. Um, would you call this a, a deeply Jewish book, a moderately Jewish book, if you had to characterize it? Oh, um, I would say moderately Jewish. I think um, Jewish in the sense that um, Jacob is haunted by his experiences during the Holocaust. And as a matter of fact, I, I know a great deal about that because both of my parents were survivors. Um, so, so in that sense, yes. But I think also, on the other hand, it explores the life of Immigrants, anybody really who has a dream to set up a home and have a new life. So in that sense, I think it's a book that um, can appeal to all groups. There's um, a a lot about, of course, Brooklyn, but there's a lot about anti-Semitism here in that the recollections of the destruction of their life in Europe, uh, of the kind of buildup to the Holocaust and the Holocaust itself. Um, how much of this came from your parents' own stories? Uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, my, uh, my parents, um, they had, my father was the only survivor of his family, um, similar to my character, Jacob. And um, he uh, he was in the Ludge Ghetto, and he was a runner for the black market there. And he um, was when the the ghetto was dispersed, he uh, had uh, was assigned to uh, go to Auschwitz, and um, he was assigned to the line for death for the gas. Um, he kind of knew that that wasn't the line he wanted to be on, and in a second, he ran to the line for the workers. And in doing so, he, you know, saved his life. Uh, but also, you know, we, I would not be here for, if not for that decision, and neither would my children and my grandchildren. Sure. Um, and my mother worked, uh, she, she worked in uh, Greenberg as a finisher. She sewed uh, buttons on the Nazi uniforms. And um, 
she actually um, was saved by one of the German guards who took a liking to her, to, who took her as her daughter. And she, um, it, after the war, she, she went on to Bergen-Belsen, and uh, it was just she and two brothers survived out of um, eight in the family. So um, their lives uh, and their life trying to make it in this country certainly impact the things that I write. And I, I try to incorporate some of that in all of my writing. And certainly I think the experience of the Holocaust was something that um, haunted Jacob, um, as, well as, as well as Zalman, in trying to build his new life in America. In a way, uh, as a second-generation survivor, which would be you, right, um, you have a, a clear perspective on the kinds of traumas that were overcome and that you express in your book in kind of re-embracing life. Um, but it's, but it's, it's not all easy, right? It's not, oh, they came out of this and bounced back and look at this triumph of the human spirit. It's obviously much more complicated than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, my father, um, uh, did speak a great deal about, um, his experiences during the war. Um, but I had, um, an uncle who was very, um, usually quiet about it in the same way that Jacob is portrayed. And it's not easy. Um, you know, um, people, um, Jews coming to this country after the war were considered greenhorns and they were shunned. And uh, it, it just was uh, a very difficult path for them. And I admire so much the resilience of these individuals. For my father, it was owning a business. It wasn't about a house. And of course, for Jacob, it was about the house. And just to kind of resume life from the ashes, I think is, is something that I wanted to portray. The notion of um, the house itself becomes kind of I mean, this castle in Brooklyn, right? It becomes really central in the book. Tell us about that transition. Um, well, my original thought in writing the book uh, was to portray the life of the house and how the house is a reflection of who we are as individuals. Um, and, you know, Jacob and I think the house are synonymous. The house represents his dreams, his dreams for a new life, but one that is stable, where he has his own family, where he can finally relinquish the traumas of the past. Um, as, as the novel goes on, it, we see it comes to represent not only his dream, but uh, the dreams of uh, Esther and certainly Zalman, who his really does become a part of the family, as well as those who move into the home in later years who are who are quite, you know, different from uh, the original builder. Um, you know, we see Riku, who was in a Japanese internment camp and what this house represents to him. 
So I, I did, I, the house, I think, is actually the central figure in the book. That's, it's so interesting to think about that because, of course, uh, I mean, this is, takes place over about, what, 60 years or so, the story, maybe a little more. Um, I mean, there's flashbacks earlier still. Do you, um, um, I, I don't know. I, people seem more vital than houses to be, but in a way it comes out the other way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the house is, at first it's a dream, um, but then it, it's true. It becomes larger than life um, almost. And, um, you know, as we see, you know, I'm not going to give away the end of the novel. No, but please don't. Certainly, it's <laughs> come full circle, I believe. In um, talking about the characters, you, you know, they're all, uh, you know, in complicated circumstances. Were there, are there some you like better than others? Well, um, <laughs> I certainly, I do like Jacob. Um, he's a difficult character. Um, because he's he keeps so much hidden and he's he's very quick to anger. Um, I uh, there there are certain aspects of his character that remind me of my own father, who um, at times could be just like that. Um, certainly, Esther is a character that I have that you know as one writes. Uh, the characters are not real people, but they do take a life on their own. And they, and as I'm writing it, it sends the book sends me in different directions. And Esther, I do admire her because we see her at first taking on a role that feels uncomfortable to her, just to be, you know, a housewife. And I'm not trying to demean housewives in any way. But she was a woman that was very talented in business, and she wanted more. And as the years go on, we see her achieving that. And so, you know, I do have a great um, admiration for her. She kind of was a feminist before the term was was coined, I believe. Do you see yourself... um more closely related to her or to uh, other characters in the book? I do believe that I'm most closely related to Esther because there are some scenes, you know, I remember in the 70s, I'm a, I'm a college professor and uh, I taught uh, high school before that. So I used some of my memories in creating that character. And I remember the, you know, the gasoline crisis and, you know, waiting on long lines. And I incorporated that in the book. And so um, she's someone that I, I feel that I can very much relate to. What's, what was the, I guess, most surprising thing for you in completing A Castle in Brooklyn as you wrote it? Surprising. Um, I think when um, I I was developing the plot, and as I said, you know, the writing takes me places. I don't think of things ahead of time, but how characters' lives are really, you know, very similar. And people, as I mentioned, the character of Riku, who, you know, is certainly a different culture from the ones that, uh, from Esther and, um, 
and uh, Jacob, where they came from, and Zalman came from, and yet how much we are all alike at the end of the day. We all have turmoil. We all have um, issues in our lives, and yet we all essentially strive for the same things. And I think, you know, that, that made writing the book made me more aware of I was thinking about the level of detail that you include within each era. You live these. Did you have to do research to remember what people wore or their hairstyles? Um, yes. I, you know, I can, a lot of it is, was my own memories um, because, you know, what my mother looked like, what my father looked like. Um, the, the, the newspapers they read, the TV shows they watched. And of course, you know, there were some of the details that um, I had to get right, what movie was popular at a certain period. But it was doing the research was uh, very enlightening for me, too, even though I did live a number of those years. I was born after the war, of course, but um, I enjoyed, you know, going back to that time and that time and place and all of that. One particular scene that I, I enjoyed writing was the one where um, Jacob is taking classes to learn English because my father did just that and he had his old notebooks at home when he was and he would write about his young daughter and so that was <laughs> you know an endearing uh theme for me by the way it's a it's a i don't know how to describe this properly i was going to say it's a comfortable book to read right um even the difficult stories and the painful memories are expressed with a certain amount of love um to, to, is that one of your considerations when you write yes yes um I write what I know. I write from my heart. Um, and, and I do want people very much to relate to my books, to see themselves in these characters. And, and so that's, you know, that's a very gratifying experience for me. You know, and I'm going to come back to this as a child of survivors, you know, um, you think about it, why why did my parents survive and when so many did not and and knowing that I feel and I know my brother feels the same way and even my children do that we have to do the best we can in this life that our our being here has to have some meaning and for me that's that's my work. That's my writing. I want to thank Shirley Russick Wachtel for a great visit here on Two Jewish. The book is called A Castle in Brooklyn. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you, to find out more about the book, and to get the book? Sure. Um, ShirleyWachtel.com is my website. And um, it's uh, you can just get it on Amazon. And uh, it's published by little a and so you'll be able to find it quite easily thank you so much shirley thank you very much thanks for listening to this episode of extraordinary people to learn more about shirley wachtel and to subscribe to the show head to shirleywachtel.com thanks and we'll see you next time on extraordinary people extraordinary people